In recent years, over 65 million people worldwide have had to flee their homes due to conflict or natural disaster. That's led to a refugee crisis of significant proportion and impact. What's more, in the UK, 50% of the 125,000 refugees are unemployed, despite impressive qualifications, in part due to the language barrier. But one London-based social entrepreneur is trying to change that reality through the universal love of food and a home-cooked meal. Welcome to In the Business of Change, where we speak with social entrepreneurs impacting their communities and the world. I'm your host, Elisa Birnbaum, publisher and editor-in-chief of Sea Change Magazine. On today's episode, we speak with Jess Thompson, founder of My Grateful, a social enterprise that trains refugees to teach their traditional cuisine through cooking classes and teaches them English at the same time. In our conversation, Thompson explains the challenges facing refugees in the UK today and how cooking is enabling them to overcome some of those barriers and to bridge the gap among communities. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came um, you came to this social enterprise? Where, where what's your background and how did that bring you to my grateful? Okay. Um, so I studied French and Spanish at university. I went out after university to Morocco to a Spanish enclave in North Morocco mm-hmm. um, to teach English and. It, came across this huge migrant crisis uh, that I wasn't really expecting because there's not much coverage about it, definitely not in the UK. Um, so the enclave is surrounded by a large fence. Uh, and once a migrant has climbed over the fence and got into this Spanish city, um, they can then gain European citizenship. Uh, so every week there was hundreds of sub-Saharan Africans uh, climbing over the fence Um and they were held there in detention camps um, until their application was processed. Um, so it was, it was a very difficult experience because there was a lot of people coming over by boat as well who were dying in the sea. Um, a lot of it was a very intense experience and I was doing translation. Um, so it was mainly French speaking sub-Saharan African migrants and all the NGOs were Spanish. So that's kind of how I got involved in supporting refugees um, caught up in this crisis. Uh, I then went to Dunkirk refugee uh, and felt quite angry to see the conditions people are living in in one of the richest countries in the world. Um, I know that there's 65 million refugees caught up in this crisis, which is the same population as the UK. Mm. Um, It it is the crisis of our time um, and these people really need support in kind of rebuilding their lives. Um, So that was how I how it came to this. Passionate about it. Yeah. Um, then I came back to the UK and did a year fellowship called the Year Here Fellowship, where you um, pilot different business ideas that can address social problems in society. So I was doing a time bank project, uh, which is where you exchange time as a currency um, within the community. And I was teaching English to ten refugee women who were all highly qualified in their countries, um, but they'd come to the UK, couldn't get work because of language barriers, because their qualifications didn't count. Um, every week I would say to them, 
for this time rank to work, you need to give something back to the community as well as coming to my English class. And one day we did a class on in, on food and all of the women were so passionate about talking about their recipes. Uh, so I suggested, why don't you teach your cuisines to the community? We could organize a cookery class. And they really loved this idea. Uh, so I first tried it out in my house with friends. Uh, it worked so well. And it just kind of snowballed from there because the chefs seemed to really love it as a way to practice their English, um, to feel like leaders and teachers. Um, and the people attending the classes really loved it because it was an opportunity to learn new recipes. Um, and it was also for me, um, when I came back to the UK, the Brexit vote happened, which was extremely shocking for all of my generation because it yeah. wasn't something we identified with at all. Um, the idea that... 52% of the country are not happy with the rate of migration um, and that there was a, a lot of racism happening in our country was quite difficult. So I, for me, I saw my grateful as a response to this to try and facilitate integration because I believe that the more, if people have the opportunity to meet others from other countries, um, then it kind of breaks down the fear. Um, yeah, so that's mm. uh, that's how it all began. And when did it start up again? Was this last year, you said? Uh, in June, so not very long ago. Okay, not very long ago. Um, and uh, so tell me just a little bit how it works exactly. How do people sign up for it? Who gets to take a class? Who gets to, to learn? Um, how is the, you know, it actually set up? Um, so there's, two different ways that you can attend a cookery class. Um, we have open classes, so venues in London will offer us their space for free, um, normally cafes that are closed in the evening. Mm -hmm. uh, we have 12 chefs from Syria, Iran, Albania, Eritrea, Ethiopia, Nigeria, the Congo, Ecuador, uh, Pakistan, Cuba. Um, so our chefs are on a rota where each week a different one will teach and customers can attend uh, those classes there's eight people in the class paying 35 pound each uh, we do an hour and a half cookery class and then a kind of sit down supper club you can bring your own alcohol it's a very social experience um, the chef will tell a story about themselves and about their food um, so it's also a chance to get to know them and then the second model is that anyone can go onto our website and book a private cookery class with one of our chefs for them and their friends um, so we will come to your house with all of the induction hobs, all the equipment, and we'll lead the cookery class in your home for you and your friends. Um, so we're, we're doing a mixture of both those models at the moment. Okay. And so, and how does someone from the other side, so the uh, someone who wants to be a chef and provide, how do they get involved? Do they just reach out to you? And what, uh, what type of uh, service or program are they a part of? Yeah. Um, so there's three groups that we work with, uh, destitute asylum seekers who can't legally work. They don't get benefits. Um, I also work at a homeless charity called Housing Justice. Mm -hmm. They host asylum seekers in London. Um, people with spare rooms offer their rooms to, to these asylum seekers. Uh, so they get referred into my grateful um, through my job. Um, and then the second group are refugees who have the right to work, but they are unemployed. Um, despite being highly qualified. So um, that's a lot of like the Syrian and Iranian chefs, um, the sort of countries that their asylum process is normally a lot quicker and 
they're offered refugee status very quickly. Right. Um, and then the third group is uh, mainly Latin American migrants who've lived in the UK for 15 years but don't speak any English. And this is because they don't have the opportunity to practice English. Um, they don't get to meet English people. So for them, it's an integration initiative. Um, and because I've also been teaching English in London for the last year and a half, that I've met um, some of the chefs through that and also some of the work I've been doing at refugee charities. So, so far, it's just been through connections that I've made. But we are now starting to get referrals from charities. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we're going to reach us sort of limit quite soon of how many chefs we can take on okay okay i was wondering if you're already coming to that limit because it seems like there would be a good response and and which is going to be my next question what what is the response so far uh sounds very positive sounds like a lot of people are interested in taking classes as well as uh, being a chef and learning training how to do so um your response is good feeling good about it and 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 i'm curious about any future plans with that response um yeah so we have had a really good response in terms of um our classes are selling out um we've we put a volunteer advert up and we got 40 volunteer applications um so people seem to really love the idea we've had a lot of press recently Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so now it's just kind of consolidating the model um to make sure that um the customers are really enjoying the experience um, so that's what we're focusing on at the moment rather than expanding too quickly. Okay, okay. So you're going to stay where you are at the moment and, and ensure that the the program as it stands currently um, is is working the best way possible. Is there anything in terms of challenges that you're facing um, in terms of running the program? Um, one of the biggest challenges at the moment is just trying to uh, the business model, we're losing money every month, which is partly because the chef training costs a lot. Yeah. We need to be kind of running twice as many. We're running four classes a week at the moment. We need to be running eight a week in order to cover our costs. Um, so, yeah, it's just that kind of I've got three part-time employees that are doing all the kind of office accounts and marketing and booking stuff. But, um, yeah, just trying to make sure that we're bringing enough enough money to pay the staff and um yeah i think that's the the challenge right now um and maybe the best thing is just to send off loads of fundraising applications but it's it's difficult when you're trying to be a business but for the first couple of years you're not yeah. actually able to cover your costs this seems to be a unfortunately common narrative about a lot of people who start up businesses you don't have a just out of curiosity an entrepreneurial or business background at all do you you come from totally different um that's not something you bring to the table is it? no no you're kind no. of learning as you go yeah definitely yeah um, yeah um, yeah yeah it's the entrepreneurial technique um <laughs> of kind of responding to your errors as you go which can be stressful but um is you learn fast um <laughs> yeah um and also yeah i'm just curious in terms of the response from the chefs themselves they th- these individuals who are coming to you like you said a lot of them don't speak any english either you're you're in the process of of not only uh training them how to how to teach their um their cookery uh their 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 chef classes um how to how to give those classes and how to do that properly but you're also teaching them english for a certain number of them so that's a lot 
but I, I, what has the response been for them? Are they, um, and through word of mouth, is, are they really telling a lot of other people who are now, um, like in other words, you could probably have a lot more classes if you had the capacity to do so. Yeah. Um, well, the fact that we're selling out very quickly shows yeah. that there is a lot of demand. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think it's about trying to find more venues in London that we can use um, and just getting the word out so that more people know about us. Um, I'm going to try and concentrate on getting corporate companies to host my grateful cookery classes as like a team building initiative because it would work quite well with their corporate responsibility. Um, That's a good idea. Um, And I can also see this program working in a lot of other cities, but like you said, right now you're focused on, uh, on London. Like I know in Toronto, I could see it working really nicely as well. Uh, We have a a huge influx of refugees. Um, So anyway, just something to think about for the future down the line, but not yet. But, and just the last question that I typically ask folks, um, lessons learned, and you kind of touched upon us some of those already. I'm curious if there's anything else for someone else coming, wanting to start their own social enterprise, what would you tell them? What would you advise them, warn them, anything um, in terms of running one and starting one on your own, especially now you're just, it's very new. So a lot of these things are, you're, you're learning as you go, as you say. Yeah, I think. The way that I've approached this is trying to um, do a lot of delivery at the beginning because I wanted to prove the concept Mm -hmm. for me and to kind of, yeah, inspire funders and get people behind it. Um, But the kind of downside of that is then so much of my energy is going into the delivery um, that I haven't got as much time to build the structure and the model. And um, there's so much to starting a business um, and because I'm not able to work on it full time because of the finances. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, some people have said you, you should really be doing half the delivery and just concentrate on all the business development. Um, but because we're, we're wanting to really test whether there is a demand out there, mm-hmm. we are a lot of delivery, um, which I think is, is good. Um, well, it's hard to know. There's no like right or wrong, but um, right. Yeah, um, there is a danger of getting burnt out, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's, yeah, it's, it's again, typical, uh, it's, it's, it's tough. You're starting up a, a new business, a new model, um, uh, and need to juggle a lot. And it's hard to, with limited resources to hire enough staff probably to help you as best as you probably should be um, or could be, but it's, it's a difficult part position. Um, but so far it seems like you are definitely on a wonderful path and uh, probably need to remind yourself of that more regularly, right? To see how far you've come and how much you've done so far in just a few months, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, the nice thing is that the chefs seem to love it so much because um, we have the weekly chef training group, which is a really important community for them. And yeah. we're like a friendship group. And um, that's it's really nice to see how much they're getting out of it. And they say it really helps to build their confidence and uh, they feel much more integrated because they're meeting English people. And so that for me is what's driving it, seeing how much they're getting out of it. And I didn't know. That whether it would have that effect or not until you try it out. So, so you're already seeing that impact. That's awesome. Are you going to um, just a quick question in terms of impact? Are you, are you going to measure that impact um, moving forward more more uh, 
intensely or are is is how are you going to measure it um i think so the things that we would talk about in terms of impact would be improved english skills so we could do a test with them before mm-hmm. six months um improved well-being um because they've got like a social network which can really help them mentally so could do some kind of questionnaires around that mm-hmm. um, or increased employability so we can kind of track whether our chefs have been able to access other employment opportunities through our network and right. um, yeah so it'll, things like that we yeah. are hoping to to start to track a bit more okay. but again it's a, a time thing it's a time thing, and it's also new. So all these questions are coming at you uh, early on. But uh, but good to see that you have all that in place. So that's awesome. Um, anything else that you wanted to say about um, this experience as a social entrepreneur and uh, meeting the needs that are are, are really so acute right now, um, and uh, how you're you know the, the success you've seen so far? Anything else you wanted to say about that? I think it's a, a really special experience to be able to kind of have an idea and a vision and then watch it grow. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like real highs and lows to the experience because um, when you see how much the chefs are enjoying it and the customers love it and you kind of created this thing, which is it's not really about me anymore. It's like something that's I've had an idea, but then there's a whole community that are enjoying it. Um, that's a quite an amazing thing to watch but then the the lows are kind of all the responsibility that comes with it of managing people and also realizing there's so much to improve and so many things that are going wrong and trying to keep the positivity so I think you have to build a lot of resilience to keep moving it forward and mm-hmm. uh, especially when you don't have the systems in place to make things kind of be really efficient um so I'm I'm learning a lot <laughs> I'm sure Yes. Well, all good. Um, I I think all good. You're doing awesome. You're getting a lot of wonderful press for good reason. So um, congratulations to you and and, uh, good luck as you you move forward. Um, I'd love to. I'm going to keep track and and see what you're up to next. So uh, uh, good luck with that. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to In the Business of Change. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear other conversations with inspired social entrepreneurs and change makers working on challenges in their communities and across the globe. I'm your host, Elisa Birnbaum.